for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. It is day seven, podcast eight. I'm not going to bore you with the numbers. It's getting kind of confusing right now, but just know we are in the middle of our 25 Days of Christmas podcast series, something that I've wanted to do for a very long time, but this year everything just kind of seemed to line out and one of the first musicians that kind of fell into the schedule is tonight's guest, Tiana Campbell. How's it going today, Tiana? Great. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Just kind of in, like, we were talking about the weather before this, but, you know, I'm going to try and enjoy this nice warm weather before it becomes negative three with ice and sleet. And, oh, man. Yeah. Now, we definitely don't get negative three, but it gets colder, and we get cold, like, in January. Yes, so. yes, yes. January, February is, like, the worst time in Texas. I mean, yes. we call it... We all went through that in 2021, and I don't think anybody wants to go through that again. So No, no. <laughs> so, but i um, really excited to have you on and really uh, chat with you a little bit. I've been listening to a lot of your music uh, since we talked, was that mid-November, I think, when we first started chatting a little bit? Yes, yes. Um, thanks for listening, and thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you just released a single, Texas Country Christmas, which we will get into here in a bit but it is by far the most Texas Christmas song I've ever heard in my life. Yes, that's what I wanted you to say. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so just kind of uh, starting from the beginning, you're originally from East Texas, correct? Yes, I'm originally from East Texas, a small town called St. Augustine. Okay. It's about an hour from Stephen F. Austin University in Nacogdoches. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of words that I, a lot of town names that I'm not going to get right, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's it, actually it's kind of funny because when I first moved to Waco, uh, I work for a TV station here in town, and they kind of run you through the uh, drill of, okay, here are all the local town names. How do you pronounce it? And I got most of them correctly, <laughs> and it was just like, I, I, yeah, I, anything That's in funny. East Texas, it's just kind of like, uh, uh then yeah, you start getting into the of- French. A lot yeah. of little towns. <laughs> yeah. And then you start mixing in with like a lot of the French Creole stuff from Louisiana. So there's kind of that mix over and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm not even <laughs> going to attempt it. So um, probably smart. <laughs> yeah. So what was uh kind of tell take this second to uh, tell us what was your uh, introduction to music? Who got you into music? Yeah. So I grew up singing in church. My mom was a singer and My dad did the sound, you know, my brother was a drummer. So like small town church, you know, and just did that growing up as a kid. And eventually we moved to Lufkin, a little bit bigger city, you know, and joined like the choir. So music has always been a huge part of my life, but I just thought it was something I did, you know, as a kid growing up. Um, And so once I got married and started having my own kids, I was just like, okay, you know, like that part of my life is over. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so 
when did you uh, end up moving out of East Texas to Houston? Was that? Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So when I was in my 20s, I believe I was actually 20 when I actually finally moved and um, moved to Houston. My parents had moved here. So um, I decided to move to the big city with them about a year. They had been here and got mm -hmm. settled. And um, so, yeah, I've been here since I was 20 years oh, old. Nice, nice. That's, you know, just kind of making that big trend. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how big of a transition it is other than from a small town to the big city, but like from East Texas to more, what is Houston, Southeast Texas? Yeah, yeah. Or do they consider themselves Central Texas, which makes no sense. I but it's a little central from East Texas, for sure. Because yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's a conversation I have with a lot of people because in Waco, <laughs> we consider ourselves Central Texas. And it's like, yeah. no, technically we're still kind of East Texas. Like if you look at the state, Central Texas is not us. Yeah, true. So, Good point. It well, was terrifying because when I first visited my parents, I was like, there's no way I will live here. This place is crazy. It is fast paced. I'm going to get run over. But I don't know. I would come and visit, you know, and the more I came to visit, I was like, oh, that's not so bad, you know, hmm. and I ended up loving it. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, through the, through all that, you were kind of started singing in the church, or you started singing in the church, and at this point, you weren't writing your own music, correct? You were no, just I didn't, exactly. It was just singing whatever the special was, they used to call it, you know, church back in the day, and whatever, mm -hmm. you know, the worship music was. Never even thought about writing a song until like seven years ago. Gotcha, gotcha. And were you, like, even though you'd kind of put music on the back burner once you got married and started having kids, were you still singing in church or did you even put that on the back burner? Honestly, I wasn't even doing that for a long time. I was mm -hmm. just singing in the car and raising kids and just being a mom and just, you know, enjoyed doing it in the car because I never considered doing it professionally. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, okay, well, you know, I mean, once I started writing, you know, about seven, eight years ago, mm -hmm. I did start back into church worship again. Mm -hmm. Um, and working with some co-writers to, you know, develop my writing skills. But um, I don't sing in the church anymore. Um, I just solely do my singer-songwriter, you know, um, gigs and going to Nashville and back and forth. But yeah, it it did start there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I didn't do it for a long time. It was crazy. And what was kind of that turning, uh, what was the turning point to get you back into music? Was there like a moment or somebody, did one of the kids say, hey, mom, you're a good singer, you should do this or what was kind of that turning point yeah that's a great question so i mean basically i've been married twice so my first marriage was really really um a very abusive marriage so i um got married second time um moved to houston um we had a kid together so i have two older boys from one marriage and then we have a daughter together my my husband now and um i was happy you know this guy's great um, we've got a house. I have my little girl. I've got the two boys. Like everything's great. And I'm like, what am I missing? I just felt like something was missing in my life. So I got super intentional about just getting quiet on my back porch, on my swing, and just kind of journaling and like reflecting, you know, and reading a devotional and just getting quiet and trying to figure, intentionally trying to figure out what was missing. And I don't know, about three months into that, it was like, out of nowhere, I had this random idea to write a song, and it was like this tug on my heart, and I'm like, 
I don't even know how to write a song. Like, what in the world is this all about? And that was kind of the beginning part of like, okay, I guess I'll give this a shot. Yeah. Was there somebody or how did you kind of go through the process of learning how to write? Did you turn to somebody or did you go the way of YouTube like a lot of people would nowadays where it's like, how do you type or write a song, you know? Right. No, that's a great question because I didn't know, I didn't even know how to begin the process. So mm -hmm. I instantly got a song title in my head and um, thought, okay, well, I'll write something towards this song title. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know how to create melodies at that point. So um, I was a little stuck on that point. So I was like, okay, maybe I should reach out to a local vocalist in town and just start getting some vocal lessons and just see kind of, you know, where that takes me and to see if that helps me any. So I, I reached out to a school I heard about that did vocal lessons in the Woodlands and um, she ended up asking me all these questions. Did I play an instrument and, you know, all these musical, you know, background questions. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you know, I think I have a class that you would love. She's like, and I didn't even tell her that I was like even considering writing a song. So that was pretty cool. But she was like, we can teach you how to write a song. We can work on your vocals. You know, we can do more than just work on your vocals. We can even demo your song after you record it. And, you know, eventually if you'd like to record it, we have, you know, a producer here that could record it. Like all of these things at her one school, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is crazy. This was kind of the beginning of like, she's going to give me, you know, the structure I need and the guidance to get started. But the funny thing is she asked me to write a song, like, I don't know, first, second week that I was at the school. Hmm. And again, I didn't know how to write a melody. Yeah. And now that's the easiest thing that comes to me. But um, she said, just write a song and just uh, bring it to me. So I wrote a song and I, I ended up doing a melody to another song, like a Michael Jackson song. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm not going to tell you the melody because I know I'm not supposed to do that. But I had to like pick some melody just to just so I could see that I could actually do this, like mm -hmm. take these words, you know. And so that was kind of the first. So I didn't tell her what song I'd wrote the lyrics to the melody. And she got on the piano. And then in five minutes, like with my lyrics, she wrote a song. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And that was just kind of like, I love this. This is so cool. Yeah, it's, it's nice. And did, did you end up ever doing anything with that song? Or was it just kind of the first one and then you kind of moved on from there? Oh yeah, I, I demoed it. I did do that at least. And, um, but it was actually the third song that I wrote that was my first like acoustic mm -hmm. single. So um, there was something really special about that one. It was, it was basically my whole journey at the time and like uh, giving up on things I wanted because um, I was a mom and mm -hmm. it was just, um, the third song was really, really um, about where I was at. So I had to produce that one and I just did it acoustic. But yeah, I didn't do anything with the first one, just did a demo. <laughs> gotcha. Now, so once you started figuring out like the process of writing, like obviously learning like the structural process of actually writing a song, who were you listening to? Or was there any musicians that you were studying as you were kind of trying to find your sound or what kind of musician you wanted to be? No, I really didn't go that way that angle um for me it was like once i started writing it was like what do i want to write about and so i was super intentional about the songs that i wrote um i always listen to music and obviously i continue to hmm. um and i have a lot of country and a lot of pop influence um but there wasn't anybody particular like i literally once i started writing 
like it's just the melodies come to me now i don't have to hear anything now i will say this my melodies are very simple um as in like i can sit down with the piano and i can sit down with the guitar and I want a very simple chord structure because I hear a lot of movement in the melody with the lyrics. So I, a lot of times, will just do that because that's the first thing I hear. And then once I find a song that I'm like, I've got to record this, then I'll give it to a producer and be like, I don't hear the bass. I don't hear the drums. I don't hear all the other instruments. But this is the melody, you know, with the words, with the simple chord structure. And then they can... It's a it's a really cool collaboration because they are free to do what they want, um, and obviously they'll they'll produce for a little bit and they'll send me you know tracks and make sure I like it. But it's great because they're free to to do what they're gifted at, and I'm free to you know um, write the intentional song that I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm, for sure, and it's really cool that you kind of give the producers and engineers their creative freedom to kind of do what they're good at. Why? do you have you kind of taken the opportunity to sit down and kind of watch what they're doing so you're a little bit more educated once it once you go into the studio or when you go into the studio so you know like if you're working with a new producer or uh you kind of know how to communicate what you're looking for if you're looking for something specific i mean i've definitely been in the studio when we recorded in nashville and set through the whole process that is mind-blowing those guys are crazy talented and they literally they will hear my song one time mm. um played acoustically and then they literally get in there and they just start playing what they feel like it's mm -hmm. really beautiful yeah but i just i really truly just kind of let them do their thing and if there's anything that i don't like which is very rare i guess mm. i've been blessed with working with some crazy talented people then i'll say something like oh, i'm not feeling that or that's you know, not the, the direction yeah. I was, you know, wanting to go towards. But the other thing that helps that to keep them in that direction that I'm wanting to be, you know, is I will send them a song that I want it to sound like. So I do give nice. them a few songs to this is the feel of it. This mm -hmm. is the feel I want my song to be, basically. Gotcha. That's cool. That's cool. And are you primarily uh, recording in Nashville at this point, or do you have a spot in Houston that you record at too? Well, it's funny you say that. I started in Houston um, with the school mm -hmm. and um, did that for about two years. And then I really wanted a country producer. And that's when I found, you know, Justin in Nashville. And mm -hmm. we've been recording together for probably three to four years. Um, I do have a couple of guys in Houston that play with me at live shows and really wanted to, they like some of my new music that I've written and really wanted the opportunity to produce. And so we actually, a guy here in Houston, he's one of my guitar players. He's working on um, a single right now. It'll be out in March. It sounds incredible. So I'm starting to work with some local musicians here in Houston that are incredible musicians and want to produce. So um, I'll work with two guys this year in Houston. Um, and I think it'll probably be good because the sound will be different. I've been with mm -hmm. Justin Clump for three years yeah. and a lot of the same musicians come into the studio, which they're incredible and every song sounds different, but it's definitely gonna be even more unique what we're creating mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. How often are you going to Nashville at this point or where, did you go this year? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I normally go two to three times a year. Okay. Um, I do ride arounds, co-write with people. Um, I try to go to certain events like the Dove Awards or the CMA Fest and just network yeah. Yeah. And, and visit, you know, everybody at these ride arounds and then try to have intentional, you know, conversations with the, the writers that I love their song and you know, on a ride, I come to town a couple of times a year. So I really try to, to connect when I'm in Nashville. Yeah, that's one thing that I need to start doing better. Like when I go places, when I'm not, like if I'm not, if I go to like Nashville or whatever, I need to start going to writer's rounds or, uh, you know, so, uh, songwriter showcase, you know, like whatever it is, I need to start getting out a little bit more. Yeah, the guys, even though I've never met them, everybody that I talk to, you know, if you truly like their song, they're gonna see that when you go, I loved your song. Like, mm -hmm. it was really, really good. It really spoke to me, whatever, you know, you felt from it. Then it just starts a great conversation. And next thing you know, like I've written with two or three people because of that. Mm -hmm. Nice, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So it is Christmas time, which is why we are here doing the 25 Days of Christmas. You released a Christmas tune. When did you release uh, Texas Country Christmas? That was in November, correct? Uh, it actually was like the second or third week into October. So October, right okay. Yeah, end of October. Oh, gotcha. I don't. So, what is the uh, story of Texas Country Christmas? Yeah. So there is a shopping outdoor shopping center here in the Woodlands called Market Street, and it's gorgeous at Christmas. It has this huge Christmas tree. And last year I did a Christmas gig there and just sang Christmas songs. I didn't have a Christmas original at that time. Mm -hmm. So my promotion was um, meet me by the big green Christmas tree. I'm going to share some Christmas songs. Nice. So it became this fun idea. A writer friend of mine in Liverpool, he was like, uh, that totally could be a song. And I was like, really? He's like, yes, that's so catchy. And he was like, that whole area is so Christmassy. And I was like, I've never wanted to write a Christmas song. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, this is, this would be really good. So we kind of played around with some ideas. Then I ended up getting with my co-writer friend in Nashville, Madison Wolf, and um, wrote it this summer. And I was like, this is so stinking cute. Like, I told her I wanted it to be Texas. I told my producer I needed it to be you know, um, extremely like traditional country. Yeah. So it's got the banjo and all the guitars. And was there mandolin in there too? I was picking up yes, a little yes. yes, okay. Yes. I, I picked that up, like I'm so tuned into a mandolin, like, cause I go, <laughs> I go to Bluegrass Festival every year. So ah. that, that mandolin just sticks out every time. Mm -hmm. so. so yeah, I just wanted to make sure it was true to Texas. And um, we wanted to make sure the lyrics were true to Texas. And I was like, man, if Cody Johnson ever hears this song, he would be so proud of this song. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, and how, so when did you start writing uh, Texas Country Christmas? Yeah, so the idea came after I did the gig last Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I started playing around with some ideas, you know, mm -hmm. January, February. And then it was about the end of March, early April, Madison and I got together and finished the song. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, this has to come out this year. This yeah. is so, so fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you also just released a, is it a, do you consider it a music video or a live performance video? Well, um, I'm calling it a music video, okay. but it is filming the night. Um, um, me on stage, mm. our, my guitar players, the event in total. Um, 
it's obviously it's, it's showing a lot of me singing because mm. it's my video and you know my song like Market Street did a video and it was very little of like me because it was focused on their event mm. so I'm calling it a music video okay. <laughs> I, well because you know you could obviously tell that it was like the studio recording yes. but you know because obviously if you watch the video you can right. hear the drums and there's no drummer on the drum kit and and I, all those voices there were yeah. hundreds of people yeah so it was loud yeah <laughs> yeah that was a uh, that was impressive just seeing a lot of the like the drone shots and like the sweeping shots of the uh crowd i was like maybe i need to go down to houston and see what that's all about one uh, someday you so. know i honestly didn't know it was that big and when i sent market street the song over the summer mm -hmm. I just wanted to sing it in Market Street because it was about their event and just wanted to book another gig. And mm -hmm. she did respond for like 30 minutes to an hour when I sent her the, the song. And I was like, oh, God, she hates it. Yeah. No, she was showing everybody in the office and nice. she was like, we want you. We love it. We want you to sing it at the tree lighting ceremony. I was like, shut up. You know, and yes. then they have their PR agency pitching the whole event. And so we mm -hmm. got on KPRC Houston Live mm -hmm. with it. It was just an incredible experience. Yeah. When I was, I was, uh, before you jumped on here, I was going through your Facebook and I saw, I don't know, maybe it was a TikTok video that you just happened to post on your Facebook. Yeah. Of the uh, behind the scenes. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at all the automated cameras and I'm like, oh my gosh. man, that, that's, that's nice. Believe it or not, that was scarier than performing over, you know, hundreds of people in a market street because you have like 10 people in the studio, you have mm -hmm. like five cameras on you and you're like, which one do I look at? Yeah. <laughs> well, and not to add more pressure to it, like if you mess up or say something right. wrong in, in on the perform or like yeah. on stage, it's not as big of a deal because you know, it is what it is. Yes. But if you perform, uh, mess up and say something wrong on the TV, it's clear as day. Oh, it's yeah. you know if you accidentally cuss or something and then yep. that, that's a whole fcc thing and it's like definitely no retakes on that it was live <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh yes <laughs> especially i'm assuming that was uh their morning show right um so it used to be more like a mid-morning show okay. but um this one airs around i believe one o'clock so it was okay. like like right after lunch yeah okay so it was like a midday type yeah situation. exactly yeah that's cool that's really cool oh um, so Texas Country Christmas, it's been out for just about a little less than two months at this point. Yeah, yeah. What's kind of the, uh, what's kind of going through your head right now, now that you, this is your first Christmas song that you've released, correct? Yes, yes. What's I, going through, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, I mean, it's just so fun. I love that I wrote a Christmas song I never thought I would, and it's actually probably one of my favorite songs. Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, it'll, it'll be something that I'll be able to share every year. You know, a lot of your songs, you can only share for a little bit and they get old. And mm. there's there's always going to be a fan favorite. You can yeah. bring them back. But this will be one that I literally can sing every year and celebrate every year. And, um, and hopefully it just continues each year to grow and reach more people. Because I, I feel like, you know, when I did my research, there really isn't a lot of like Texas country Christmas songs. No. So I was super proud to be able to create such a cheerful, you know, Texas country Christmas song. Like yeah. super proud about that. Yeah, it's it's a great song. I'm adding it to what little Christmas playlist I actually have because, uh. you know, um, 
so has this kind of inspired you to try and do a Christmas song every year? No, it no. really hasn't. Like no. I did it. I love it. That's my Christmas song. And I'm just going to keep writing what I normally write. Unless, you know, I get inspired to do something different. But I feel like that will be the only Christmas song. I, I haven't I haven't wanted or even thought about writing any more, another one, you know, outside of this one. Gotcha. You know, and that there's definitely nothing wrong with that because it's like, like you had mentioned, it's fresh every year. Like you, it gets essentially re-released -re every November, you know, like what, whatever uh, radio officially starts playing right. Christmas music, you know, because there's a whole conversation <laughs> to have with that about what it's okay to listen to Christmas music, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so, you know, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. And, you know, just the fact that it's such a catchy tune and it's very, it's kind of in this market of Texas country. It's Christmas. It's Texas country. Texas is very into Christmas from like, I've only been here three and a half years, but anytime I go anywhere, Christmas around this time of year, Christmas is very huge up in front. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, I, every little town's got their own tree lighting ceremony and yes. you know parades and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, this is this is cool. So, like the fact that you have a Texas specific Christmas song, I think you're you're onto something, and you you can just kind of let it be what it is. Right. Thanks. So, it's just yeah. crazy how it started as a fun promotion, and full circle here we are. You mm. know, with a, a a song, and Market Street loves it. Hopefully they'll ask me, you know, to do it every year at one of their events. Maybe not the tree lighting event, but um, yeah, it's just it's it's been so fun. I hope we get to celebrate it big like this every year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, when you sat down to write Texas Country Christmas, did did you approach it differently from like a writing standpoint, or was it kind of in the same same vein of the way you usually write music? Um, working with Madison, actually, this was the first time we ever had written together. Mm -hmm. So there's always um, a little bit of getting comfortable and kind of getting a feel of how she writes versus how I write. But we wrote really well together. I mean, we probably wrote that song in two hours. Oh, wow. Like, it was so easy for both of us. She, you know, would drop a line, then I would drop a line, and then I'd be like, oh, we have to say this, and then she'd be like, yep, and let's say it like this, and, like, we really worked well together, and no joke, I think in two hours, we had that song written. That's crazy. That's Super easy, right. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, when the song's just flowing, you yes. know, you, you, sometimes you can get a song out in an hour, two hours, <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so, when you're writing, are you... Uh, how do you, how do you kind of approach the writing? Are you like just writing out the lyrics, or do you are you actually like have you started picking up like the guitar or something and like writing the music music or like the instrumentation? So a lot of times I'll go to my piano, or um, I've learned how to play guitar this last you mm -hmm. know two years. So the last couple of songs I've written, I've played on the guitar. And I, and I know what key that I can sing in. So a lot of times I'll play around with those chords and then I'll just kind of sit there and I've got a song idea. Maybe I have a couple of lines written out and I just start singing a melody, you know, and things just start flowing, you know, after that, you know, so I definitely have to get some chords that I know that I sing in and um, pick a couple, three or four, maybe even five 
just mm -hmm. kind of strum on the guitar, the piano, and then the, the melody just starts coming. Nice. That's cool. <laughs> um, and then as far as kind of uh, shows are going, obviously you had the, uh, the, the uh, show that you did the live performance for, but are you kind of starting to pick up or slow down during the holiday season as far as shows go? So every December I slow down quite a bit because um, I just use that month for me recharging um, from just going so much, you know, throughout the whole year. And, um, you know, the last two weeks anyways, people are with family and friends and traveling. And so I just use that as an opportunity to um, not book anything and um, especially the last two weeks. And then I'm ready January 1st. I even get off all social media for two weeks um, and just try to really focus on what I need to do for 2023. I like mm -hmm. to create a vision board every year. So I only have two gigs left for this year. Yeah. I, Market Street has me singing the song for an event Thursday night. And then I have a private event on the 16th. And then I'm off till January 1. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Usually yeah. I take all of December off, but this year was a little bit different. And yes. I th I think this year from like December, like Christmas Day after I post our last podcast until probably New Year's Day, I'll just kind of put the social media on hiatus and just kind of enjoy that week because yes. we're doing Christmas a little bit different this year because my uh sister's husband it works in the steel yard in uh, uh south chicago so okay. he's got to work christmas day so it's like mm -hmm. okay you know so we're, we're kind of doing christmas a little bit different this year yeah so um so speaking of christmas what are your uh christmas plans this year we do stuff here in houston local with family and my brother comes in and um, we haven't been able to go to my grandparents a couple of years now because they're just, a little, you know, still scared of COVID and their health. And so, um, once of the grandparents will come to my mom's. So majority of our stuff is here in Houston. And then my family, um, just me, my husband and the kids, we always take a trip for a good five, six days and just kind of, they're older. So we don't do as many presents and we just, you know, we just take a yeah. trip and make memories. Yeah. That's really cool. Like. <laughs> You'll go where we where do you usually go like Florida or it's, you, it's yeah. different every year, but normally it's mm -hmm. a beach trip for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. F Christmas in Florida is different. I, I will, yes. having spent a few Christmases in Florida, it's different, but it's cool. I know we so. love it, we all love the beach, so we love it actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. some people like a more traditional Christmas being home and. Mm -hmm you know, or maybe the snow or, but mm. we're just like, we love the hot beach water sun. Yeah. <laughs> we're just beach, I, beach family. <laughs> being able to jump into a pool Christmas morning is an experience that, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people right? have it. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I mean, living in Chicago and having a lot of those traditional Christmases with the snow cold you know real trees all that you know just like a more traditional christmas yeah that's fun but then when you actually have to drive in the snow and you're the one driving it's not quite as fun i can't imagine driving so, in that <laughs> no, no i'm good so um so usually what we do with a lot of our every guest that comes on here we play a fun little game called rapid fire randomness 
I have a random question generator that generates 10 random questions and I just kind of ask them to our guest. Okay. But since this is a Christmas episode, I have 10 questions Christmas related that I'm going to ask you. Okay. So if you're ready. No pressure. Not, not so random, not, <laughs> not really that rapid fire, but just good old fashioned fun. Okay. <laughs> so if you're ready, here we go. Let's do it. If you had to be best friends with one of Santa's eight, or one of Santa's reindeers, who would it be? Rudolph. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to retire that question because you're the eighth person that has said that. So. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like eight for eight, all Rudolph. That so that question's retired now. That's <laughs> funny. Um, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Elf. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. Nice. Uh, favorite Christmas cookie? I'm kind of like, I mean, my mom makes fudge, so it's great, but that's not a cookie. I'm, I love chocolate chip cookies. I literally made them tonight. <laughs> nice. Nice. I, I'm kind of a fan of the old school, like, uh, sugar cookie with frosting. Oh. Like you, you, you cut them out yeah. or whatever. Yes. I, we had a Christmas party on Saturday from work and we went to this like li nice little local place. And they laid out a bunch of Christmas, like just cut out cookies with the frosting and whatnot. I was like, I have not had one of those in 10 years. I'm going to go have one. I miss it. And it tastes just as good as I remember. So, <laughs> but yeah. um, if your personality were a holiday drink, what would it be? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. Um, that's a hard one. Eggnog? I don't know. <laughs> I feel it. I got you. No, it's, that is a hard one, but it's always fun because, you know, you just, there's so many different drinks out there. and. But honestly, my family doesn't do a lot of Christmas drinks, so that was hard for me. Like, we just drink sweet tea and water and... <laughs> that, that might be the most Texas thing I've ever heard, sweet tea. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which brings me to my next question. What is the most Texas thing about you? Oh, gosh. I mean, I drink sweet tea. Um, I'm pretty simple. I mean, when it comes to like life, I feel like it just, I grew up in a small town, so I can definitely do like small town, simple things, you know? Um, but yeah, everybody in Texas loves sweet tea. Yeah. That's, that's just like a given. <laughs> yeah. I, that That's the one thing that gets me, um, uh, weird looks. I'm not a big fan of sweet tea, okay. and I can't stand Dr. Pepper. Oh, yeah. Now, a couple, my daughter and my husband used to love Dr. Pepper. My daughter mm -hmm. still drinks it, but I will say this. Everyone says everyone that lives in Texas has an accent. I don't think I have an accent anymore, so you've been talking to me for about 30 minutes. Do you think I still have an accent? It's not as bad as a lot of people that I hear. Well, you know what? I will take that, because I'm like... Yeah. I feel like it's not there anymore, but sometimes I think it's certain words now, or if I get around I, my family from East Texas, it gets really bad. Honestly, if I had to guess anything, your accent sounds a little bit more Nashville than anything. Oh, I love Nashville. Just, so. You know, it's it. I have that same issue because a lot of people are be, growing up living in Chicago for 20 some odd years. I had the really hard chicago accent and then i moved to school and they 
beat the accent out of me and you know a lot of the uh traditional chicago words but i still catch myself with that chicago accent anytime i go out to like west texas and the more hispanic influenced parts of texas and i try and pronounce those words and yeah. then that chicago hard r comes right back it's yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's wild um and and final question would be what is a fond memory of christmas growing up uh so my family is really big into like making games at Christmas. So we'll all eat and then we'll sit down and just play like these random games and you can win like money or like, you know, just random cute stuff. And for whatever reason, that's so freaking fun to us. We hmm. love it. Nice. My aunt started doing that. We, there's this one game we play every year. It's called the cellophane game. Mm. Yeah. So basically it, she takes uh she wraps a bunch of like, gifts whether it's like lottery or oh, scratch offs yes. yeah. do that one yes yeah. and i i didn't play it last year just because it was just like there's too many people that want to play <laughs> and then they get like really into it and i'm like look i'm not gonna sit here and bite your head off because <laughs> y you didn't get the two dollar scratcher i'm sorry you know <laughs> so you know Very it's fun. uh yeah, but maybe this year I'll get into it. But yeah, we love it. Nice. Um, so, kind of looking forward, what is a twenty twenty two or not twenty 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 three? That's twenty twenty three looking like for you. Yeah, of course. So I've got three singles I want to put out. Um, I'm definitely going to be in Nashville in March to sing at some ride arounds and you know write with some artists, some new artists. I'm super excited about that. Um, so yeah, more music coming and, um, I'm booking already up in 2023. So I've got six dates booked up for January, uh, local, you know, Houston, um, places like the rustic. And, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I just, I definitely want to gig more next year. Um, I did a lot of ride arounds the last three years and I love them because we don't have a lot here in Houston, mm -hmm. but I will. I will continue to do, it's a show called, I created called Homegrown Songwriters. So I'll continue to do that once a month, mm -hmm. but then the rest of the time, it'll definitely be, you know, me getting out there and getting my singles out, you know? So yeah, super excited. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, for the, so for the, um, songwriter, the Homegrown Songwriter, is yeah. it like a showcase How or what, when do you, uh, do that? You said once a month, but is it like usually weekends, weekdays? Yeah, so when I was going to Nashville in the beginning, I'm like, why do we not have these here for our mm -hmm. songwriters? It's a great place to showcase, you know, the original songs, and everyone loves it in Nashville. So in Houston, yeah. I do it, um, it's, for the last two years, it's been twice a month, and mm -hmm. one fell on a Friday, one fell on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I did one North Houston, and I did one um, Midtown, kind of downtown, Midtown area. So I did that, the two shows for two years mm -hmm. and then this year i decided to kind of pull it back mm -hmm. do it once a month i do it right now all next year it's going to be the first friday of every month at redford tavern in conroe okay. and um so yeah it's just it's a lot of work because i am hosting it i am booking the gigs and i am booking the artists so it's a lot of work and i love the show because it is a place now we do covers and originals but it mm -hmm. is a place for the singer songwriters to share the originals so i'll always want to do the show but i'm pulling it back this year and just doing it 
one show once a month and that way i've got you know more opportunities to get my originals out for sure for sure i'm gonna have to make a trip down to conroe and check that out yes Um, i would love that conroe where is that north houston it is it's north houston so it's like spring woodlands and conroe okay going towards dallas okay gotcha yeah Yeah, because if i could program it where i have to do something in bryan college station because we do a lot of stuff in bryan college station that's pretty close that that would be a an easy transition and trying to drive all the way from waco which is two and a half maybe three hours which isn't that bad but it's on a friday night that might be uh yeah kind of a well, bad idea if i ever come to white girl i'll definitely let you know for sure for sure that'd be awesome you know it's it's like just kind of seeing the texas country scene kind of unfold and getting my getting out there and interacting with some of the musicians you know that come through waco from even from nashville but they'll like they'll be, come from dallas come down to waco if they're doing oh, yeah. like a little weekend run they'll leave dallas come to waco do maybe go out to austin or something you know like Y'all whatever do it have is. a lot of musicians and artists coming through there yeah because it, it's it's like it's that perfect center point like if mm-hmm. if you want to try and hit the three major cities on a weekend run you know dallas houston austin at some point you got to come through waco to get to <laughs> one of them so yep. yeah that that's kind of how before the pandemic started i had a a very strategic plan to work with a lot of musicians during South by Southwest because I would talk to them. They'd be like, oh yeah, we're landing in Dallas and we're going to Austin from Dallas. Well, the only way to get to Austin from Dallas is coming right through Waco. So yeah. stop and have lunch and let's do a podcast or something. Heck you yeah. <laughs> and then, then the uh, pandemic hit and they canceled everything. Uh, so, I know but, that was crazy. Yeah, it was rough. It was, but you know what? there's next year we'll get it right for next year so yes (laughs) um so 2023 you're focusing on shows and getting out and playing more yeah Yeah. i think you mentioned earlier that you have a release coming in march yep in march i've got a song called country club coming out and it's just based on you know everyone always feels like they're left out or you know there's so many um opinions on social media and you know maybe you're for this and maybe this person's not and there's just a lot of you know a lot of negativity and division and so this song is like everyone is welcome in my country club and so it's just that like i just want everyone to feel loved and involved in something and not left out so it's just a fun way of like you know you're you can join my country club (laughs) so it's an upbeat song i don't i do a lot of mid-tempo so i'm super Mm. excited a lot of fun guitars on this I'm with my Houston producer, so super excited. It nice. sounds it's sounding really good. Nice. And is this the first full song that you've recorded with this producer in Houston? Yes, or, yes, it is. Nice. That, that's that's going to be fun to listen to. And, you know, I, having been able to go back and, you know, listen to some of your previous releases over the last six years or so, it, you know, Texas Country Christmas is because it's Christmas season, it's what I'm listening to the most, but there's some other stuff that's like the, some of the uh, stuff off the uh, EP that you released in, oh, what year was that? Uh, Sunset View, that's what yes, I Yes, yeah, I think that was 17, 17 or 18, maybe uh, 18. Yeah, yeah, 18, I think it was 18. So. Yeah, 18, yeah. Um, 
you know, just kind of listening to some of that stuff and then just kind of hearing what you're doing now. I'm really excited to see what you got coming in. Uh, thank you. So, thank you. Yeah. But um, for anybody that wants to listen to anything, any of your music that's currently out or that will be out or catch you on social, uh, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, you can put Tiana Campbell on any of my socials. Um, it'll pop up in all my bios on any social media. Tiana Campbell, you'll see a link tree with all of my links. So that's the easiest way to see the newest videos. You can even go back and watch my live KPRC, you know, Houston live show. Um, yeah, all my um, all of my songs are anywhere digitally. Pandora to Spotify to Apple Music, like it's it's everywhere. So just search up Tiana Campbell and it'll pop up. Nice. Awesome. Yes, it's it's out there. Everybody, uh, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Tiana Campbell. Um, and then one thing before we wrap this up, uh, what's one piece of advice you have for all the uh, young musicians out there? Wow. I would definitely say stay true to yourself because that's what's going to keep you different. There's a lot of country artists, but if I stay true to me and do what Tiana Shuri does, then you'll stand out, you know? And so there's a lot of voices and a lot of opinions, but you just gotta like get quiet, you know, and just remember who you are and like keep that in the front of everything that you do. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Well, Tiana, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I absolutely appreciate you and hope to have you back on in March when you have the uh, release of your next single. Uh, love to chat and, you know, uh, once, uh, once we kind of figure out the uh, what weather is going to do in January and February, because that's always something that's got to be on the lookout here in Texas. I hope yes. I'll get, be able to take a trip down to Conroe and uh, check out uh, your uh, songwriter showcase. Heck yes. I'd love to have you. Thanks for having me on the show and sharing my music and my story. It means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I really <laughs> enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, we will be back tomorrow right here on Twitch at 8 p.m. with another amazing musician. If you've missed any of the uh, 25 Days of Christmas, they are currently up on Spotify, or you can go to our website, uh, liveandamplified.net. Uh, there is a podcast link in the um, in the header there. Oh, and you can find us on social media, live, the letter N, Amplified on everything. Uh, once again, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Really appreciate you. Tiana, thank you so much, and we will see you all tomorrow night. Thank you. Night, guys. <laughs> awesome.